I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. One issue that moved front and center this week with the unrest in the Mideast is freedom of speech, when you have it and what your responsibility is when you use it. Political cartoonists around the globe face that every day. We're joined by two of them now. Cal is a pen name for Kevin Callagher, who draws cartoons for The Economist and The Baltimore Sun. Patrick Chapat is Swiss-Lebanese. He goes simply by the name Chapat. Chapat cartoons for several Europe-based newspapers, including the International Herald Tribune. They both join us from Washington, D.C., where they're attending a cartoonist convention this weekend. Chapat, I imagine that the events of this week with an anti-Islam film igniting violence in Arab capitals, it's, uh, it's fodder for your pen. But it must also take you right back to 2006 when that Danish cartoonist put himself in the line of fire with a cartoon mocking the Prophet Muhammad. Here we go again. We're back to the Danish cartoon story. And that, that was a big story. For us cartoonists, it was the, I think it was the 9-11 of, of political cartoonists. It, it, uh, it changed the world, of course, not only for us, but particularly for us. It used to be good to say that you were a cartoonist when you traveled. It used to be better to mention cartoonist on your uh, visa application than journalist. But now it's just the opposite when you go to the Middle East or to to those countries, you, you, you think twice before you, you want to say that you're a, a cartoonist. I had a chance to go in, in Gaza in 2009 doing some reporting in cartoons, and I really didn't want to say that I was a cartoonist. So the whole story, we have witnessed that, uh, the fact that you can be taken hostage by fringe extremists, you know, that they, they are motivated by hatred. And now with, uh, with the Internet, they have the capacity to, to spread their message and to spread fire. Kel, I'm just curious. I mean, you, you had been doing cartoons about the U.S. presidential election, presumably, and the candidates uh, prior to what happened this week uh, in Benghazi and in Cairo and, and across the Mideast. Was there suddenly this, oh, my God, I got to drop all these cartoons and suddenly move to this theme? And then, like, what tropes do you use that haven't been used before? This notion of the relationship between the East and the West is, is really fragile. And the cartoons and this kind of imagery and this sort of uh, story of perceived abuse by the West of the prophet or anything to do with the Muslim religion is really a dangerous, explosive subject to deal with. And so when you're a cartoonist, you have to, to manage it carefully, but at the same time, you don't want to avoid it. You want to in- embrace these very important subjects. Right. I mean, it's a free speech issue, as many have pointed out. And then as a cartoonist, you have to really gauge how you react to it. So do you feel like there's free speech for you? Cartoons are really on the front line of free speech, I think, in, in any given society. I always say that you can judge the maturity of a society by the amount of satire it can endure. Uh, the freedom to say your ideas, I think, is absolutely tantamount. But how you say it always becomes the issue, whether you, you are using imagery that might be offensive to many of your readers or not, sometimes can um, then um, make people ignore the message you're trying to bring about. So often in the case for a cartoon, it's not what they say. It's how they say it. You know, through the embassy protests and and riots this week uh, over the uh, anti-Muslim video on the Internet, many have raised the fact that in Germany there are laws against denying the Holocaust. And that's, you know, one area where free speech is limited there. I'm wondering when it comes to cartooning, Chapat, since you work in Europe, whether there are other red lines about what's fair and what's not fair game uh, in cartooning in Europe versus the United States. I think we all have our own red lines. What is important is professionalism, I want to say, <laughs> to fight for my church. Opinion is cheap, and the web allows us to, to say anything. Right. Freedom of expression is the right to insult, in a way. Uh, but you have now the capacity to insult anybody, 
any group in the world to act to insult half of the world through very cheap and very uh, provocative comments. That's not what freedom of, of expression should be about. It's not just the right to insult you because I can, mm. because I'm, I'm here in my country where I can do what I want. What we all need is critical voices in, in every government, in every society. We need cartoonists, we need people like that. But also um, those voices have to be professional and responsible because we know the, you know, the responsibility we have. With a, it's so easy. You just give me a pen and a paper and I can do anything. I, I can do such a provocative cartoon and you know, set the world on fire. Right. So let's talk a bit about how you've lampooned the U.S. presidential election now. Uh, Chapat, uh, what topics and themes oh, that's have much, you... That's much easier. Thank you for bringing <laughs> that up. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. What topics and themes have you tapped into, Chapat? You know, the rest of the world is following the election very carefully. The only thing we're missing is the right to vote, actually. But uh, mm. uh, No taxation without representation. <laughs> <laughs> the striking thing, I think, is the intrusion of, of big money into the campaign. And the fact that really this year we have the feeling that the White House is for sale. We've been worried following, you know, from Europe, the fighting between the White House and Congress. The standing of America has, has been really weakened by that. Cal, how have you tapped into the, this whole dumping of money into the presidential race? Has it become any more tactile for you to draw about? As you know, I do cartoons for the Baltimore Sun, an American domestic audience, and for The Economist, which is a truly international audience. And so I think my approach to a subject like that might be slightly uh, different for both. The U.S. audience, who's living in the middle of this year-long campaign, uh, you know, tedious um, thousand Republican debates in the spring, and then these um, kind of glorified uh, TV infomercials, which the uh, conventions are, and they're both kind of bored and frustrated and annoyed by the whole process. Throw the money in the now the infinite number of negative ads that are on the airwaves. It makes people really, I think, uh, worry about uh, you know where our democracy is at the moment. Nonetheless, where our economy is at the moment. For the economists who don't have to endure some of this day-to-day -day stuff, they are keeping an eye on what goes on in America. And there's also a bit of political theater that kind of keeps it kind of interesting of what what's going on in that crazy place of the United States. But the, the money in politics seems so profoundly kooky and crazy for anybody outside the country. And you know what? They're right. Cal Cartoons for The Economist and The Baltimore Sun. Patrick Chapat Cartoons for The International Herald Tribune and the Swiss newspaper Le Temps. He also does longer-form graphic journalism. Their cartoon convention in Washington this weekend is open to the public. And as you could hear from our guests, it promises to be both interesting and a lot of fun. Gentlemen, thank you both very much for speaking with us. Thank you. It's great to talk. We have several cartoons by Kevin Gallagher and Chapat, including their takes on the U.S. presidential election. You can see our slideshow at theworld.org.